Hey there, this is Dee Yvonne Rivers, your host for Birth Moms Real Talk, a podcast where you will hear the journeys of birth mothers who have placed children in adoption and also have some emotional and tough conversations, or you may say hot topics about adoption. Listen in. Good day, everyone. My name is D. Yvonne Rivers. I'm your host for Birth Moms Real Talk Podcast. We are the platform where birth mothers share their stories, share their journey, and all the things that they went through prior to being a mom, how they process that, how they're progressing through life. And this is where we do real talk. And when we say real talk, we mean real talk. You probably are hearing people saying things that you've not heard before on this podcast, but it's healing. Birth Moms Real Talk podcast is a place of grace and healing. And I'm so happy to have today, Courtney. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you. I'm grateful to be here. Good, good, good. So I always will turn the floor over to you to share about your journey as a birth mom. Talk about growing up, where you grew up with, and how it was. Oh, goodness. So (laughs) I grew up as an only child, and... In high school, I guess we can we can start there. Because of my home life, I went searching for love elsewhere. And All the wrong places? <laughs> Is that the song? Exactly, <laughs> okay. exactly. And so for me, I was trying to find my worth and trying to find my love by, by being wanted and desired by guys. Mm-hmm. And so my senior year of high school, it's so crazy. I hadn't missed a cycle. I had no symptoms. Mm. I just, I literally woke up one morning out of bed, sat up, and I was like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. You just knew it or just, just like, knew. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I just knew. It okay. hadn't even been long enough for anything to even show up on a test. I just okay. knew. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But, um... I waited a few weeks, got confirmation through a test, Mm -hmm. and I knew knew that the parent that raised me, I knew that that wouldn't be a support system for me. I reached out to the father and, you know, basically was like, I'm pregnant. Every woman has three options. Mm -hmm. And when I said, I literally was like, yeah, I can parent, I can choose adoption, or I can abort the baby. And I guess he took that as me saying I was going to have an abortion Mm -hmm. because he hung up on me. Mm -hmm. I realized it was, you know, it's a life changing conversation. So I, I, you know, I tried to have grace for him. I was like, let me give him a few days or so. Mm -hmm. A few days later, I called him. His phone was disconnected. I paged him. His pager was disconnected. And I didn't have a vehicle, so I took a cab to his address, knocked mm-hmm. on the door, and he had moved. I, like this man ghosted me in three days. <laughs> how, oh no, how long? It how was long probably it was probably like a week or so. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. So yeah, this I mean, ghosting was was <laughs> termed mm-hmm. just for me, mm-hmm. and so basically at that point I realized as much as I love this growing being. I am in high school. Mm-hmm. I, you know, work menial jobs, menial customer service jobs. I cannot, love doesn't buy diapers. Right. Right. 
And so basically, I made. Now you the were decision. mature enough because how old were you at that time? I was seventeen. Okay, mature I was seventeen. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I realized I was just like, well, I guess, I guess adoption's gonna be it. Right. Fast forward, I used the yellow pages, found an adoption agency that was on the bus line, made an appointment. My adoption worker was amazing, answered all my questions because. You know, the only thing I knew about adoption was what I saw in movies mm-hmm. or after school specials. Mm-hmm. And all I knew or thought I knew was that I would give birth. I wouldn't know the baby's gender. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't see or touch or, mm-hmm. you know, anything with the baby. And mm-hmm. then on my deathbed, mm-hmm. an adult would pop up and say, I'm your long lost child. Oh, I know that movie. <laughs> oh, I know that movie. I've seen that movie. I've seen that movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. thankfully uh, she walked me through and explained, Hey, actually, no adoption isn't like that anymore. This is what adoption can be. And Mm -hmm. 20 plus years ago, open wasn't really a thing. So what the term for my adoption was called semi-open. It basically meant I got to pick his parents and that they would agree to send letters and pictures a certain amount of times per year. Fast forward, I gave birth on a Tuesday. We left the hospital on a Thursday. He went with my casework. A friend from high school picked me up. And then on Sunday, I moved in for my freshman year of college. So it was a, it was a whirlwind. Yeah. So in nine months, you find out you're pregnant or you discover and you say, I am pregnant. <laughs> Got your test, told the father. Mm-hmm. Within a week, he had ghosted you by phone, beeper, <laughs> and moved. Mm-hmm. Now, you were 17, and you didn't have a car, so you're taking cab. You found an adoption agency. Am I getting it right? Chronologically, you, you are correct. Going yeah. on in the, fo- in the, in the uh, phone book, finding something on the bus line so you can take a bus, and I'm hearing you say all this yourself, not hearing anybody's with you. Is this all this? You're doing all of this by yourself, 17-year-old, realizing and so forth. Whew, that's a lot, Courtney. It was a lot. It it was. But, you know, I can't can't complain. I'm grateful that I had the maturity. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I knew how to find resources because there's so many women and girls out there that don't Mm -hmm. know how to find resources Mm -hmm. and don't know... Like, oh, there is a way to mm-hmm. make it through this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I did, I hid my pregnancy for most of it, most okay. of my pregnancy, but I did have a, a, a few, maybe two or three friends that I confided in. And mm-hmm. thankfully, they were my emotional support. Of course, they had never dealt with adoption either, so they sure. couldn't, <laughs> right. they couldn't understand, but they yeah. were there for my tears. Yeah. They were there for my uncertainty. Yeah. Um, so I'm grateful for that. You know, you brought up a different things for us in support for different things, emotional, because mm-hmm. one thing that I experienced, I'd never been pregnant. I didn't know what it felt like mm-hmm. when, when I, I actually was going into labor. I thought I was just having gas pains. You know, it's <laughs> like, okay, I've got gas pains and whatever. And then I'll be, I, I mean, this is my, my mindset. And I was like 19, about turned 20, or maybe I turned 20 at that time. And I was like, okay, um, I'm having pain. And I was like, oh, it may be, it may be labor. It may be, it may be. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should go to the hospital. Because I really had not gotten anything. I mean, because it was, I didn't know. I didn't right. know. until. And right. if you don't know, you don't know. And it was like, 
too, also in going through the pregnancy of what effects that your body goes through. That was the thing with me because I, I guess that same day I was having cramps. I was also having back pains. So I was like, well, this is back pain and whatever. So again, people don't know resources, as you just said. You didn't have the resources. You found the resources. And so many times, as you say, that young girls and young mothers or whatever, they, they don't know the process, the steps, and what's available there. Right. And it makes such a difference. It such does. a difference. Yes. So you, you left on a Thursday after giving birth on Tuesday mm-hmm. and started college with it three days later. Yeah. Sunday I moved okay. in. Yeah. Okay. So you're in your dormitory, a three-day mom without mm. your child. Mm-hmm. Moving on from that, where were you? So because it was such a whirlwind, I kind of pushed everything to the back of my mind. I was very open. Like I told my roommate, hey, I just gave birth, placed my child for adoption, FYI, I'm going to be emotional. But I was so focused on, okay, where's my class? What time do I have to be at 10? Okay, I have a job. I have to be there at two. So I was very, I I guess you would call it compartmentalizing. Yeah, right, right, Um, right, right. And so I didn't And prioritizing too. And prioritizing. prioritizing. Yes, yes. Absolutely, because I mean, I'm, I'm in this new atmosphere. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm now 18 and I'm at college and, mm-hmm. you know, and so it actually took me a very long time to begin the grieving process. Mm-hmm. The day I went home from the hospital, I cried for hours. Oh, and then I sat up and I said, Courtney, you got to focus. What books do you need? Mm-hmm. What do you need for your dorm room? And so it wasn't until second semester of my freshman year that I was like, okay, because I've already paid a health fee, I have access to the health clinic on campus and the health clinic has a therapist. Okay. All right, Courtney. Okay. You've got the resource. You, Uh you've already paid for it. Right. And that honestly is when I began to tackle uh, all the emotions that are, are associated with being a birth mom. Do you you remember your first session with a therapist and what you said? I don't, I don't, I know there was lots of tears. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know there was lots yeah. of tears and lots of Kleenex. Mm-hmm. Um, because I used to use washcloths because it's like you still wear tissue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that washcloths is all with me softer. now. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still do that. And yeah, I really yeah. use tissues. It's like, I just have a cloth. What do you do with a cloth? Hey, you know, it's there. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. But mm-hmm. like, but now, there are birth mom support groups. Mm-hmm. There are birth mom retreats that right. I was by myself. Uh-huh. There was, you know, there were no other birth moms to connect with. Absolutely. There were no, you know, therapists that deal solely with birth moms. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my therapist was very kind in letting me just kind of talk. And basically, because my therapist had never dealt with adoption, Mm -hmm. what she did. And what I really appreciate is that basically she did therapy for me as if I was a grieving person, which I mean, technically I was a grieving person. Technically. That disenfranchised grief, which is grief different than, because I actually was on a grief share session this morning because Mm -hmm. when people, typically that's for people who lose to death. Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Exactly. And our grief is different because mm-hmm. our child still exists. Yes. 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 So, so thankfully I had that resource to kind of start 
begin the grieving process. And I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, the grieving process is going to be lifelong. Yes, for me. it is. Yes, it is. You know, but overall, the healing was positive, knowing that I did the best that I could mm-hmm. in that moment, mm-hmm. you know, with the way my life was set up, with the way my resources were set up, right. I right. did, you know, what I thought was best, not only for myself, but especially for my son, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, hopefully I'm not in reunion with him. I do have a relationship with his mother, but I'm hoping that if we ever do meet my, my hope and prayer is that he's like, I don't blame you. I don't hate you. I, you know, it's okay. And, and that's where I say clarity will come based on both sides. As I said, Mm -hmm. I just came off the both sides. We'll talk. We had our Facebook live with a triad. It's just you saying you knew you did the very best for your son. Mm -hmm. Whatever day. And I'm praying that day will happen that when you do meet your son, uh, for as where he is with that, because that's the thing. And I'll, I'll bring it out. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know, it's about a platform for the birth mom sharing her journey because people don't know the journey mm-hmm. of a birth mom. Now, likewise, going back, not only the, the journey of the birth mom, but of the adoptee yes. It's that child has a heritage. And by moving that child or going to another family, that that simultaneous heartbeat and what you felt for nine months is suddenly broken. And I say birth bond is never broken. You may not be with your child. I wasn't with my son for 45 years before I reconnected again. And it was only after 15 minutes seeing him when he was 12 days old. But that bond never broken. We are now in the process of reunion of getting to know one another. But it's on both sides. And so the whole thing of the adoption community or constellation and so forth is listening to stories like Courtney, what she went through. And I say went through because it was a labor, 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 labor of love. Yeah. Of love. And once people understand that and back in, when you say for us in that day, not support groups and whatever, because the perception of society was basically, and I, I, I'll, I'll, you, I'll do air quotes, that you gave your baby away. Oh, Those child. are fighting words for me. I said that in a support group and I was about to come across the table at somebody right. who said that. It was like, but that, but she, she apologized by saying, well, that's what I thought because here we go with these perceptions. Right. And until you get the reality and the perception with that, that's why, why this, this podcast has really broken a lot of things from people. Cause I hear from people not even involved in adoption. Well, I learned a lot. Because mm-hmm. only when you listen to the other side of the story do you learn. Amen. That That's you so learn. True. That you That's learn. That's so true. Yeah. Because we did everything but give up on our children. Yes. Yes. Oof. Yes. Yes. But if, but if you don't you know, but you don't know, and you'll repeat those things until they're changed or you get a different perspective and so forth. And, and, and when you talk of semantics and the words that you use, cause I don't use the R word, you know, I won't even say mm-hmm. it. I, exactly I use place. I use place. Cause that's what I did. 
That's mm-hmm. what I did. So once you went into therapy, so moving on the rest of your life, what have you done? How are you processing? You mentioned support groups and birth moms retreats. So how has that helped? And what are you doing now consistently? Because as we say, this is lifelong. So it's not like, well, I'm just going to therapy six months and I'll be fine. No, it's Uh -uh. lifelong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my my entire being made, I guess, a pact with myself. Okay. If I'm making the sacrifice that my son has to deal with, if I'm making the sacrifice that I have to deal with, I have to make something of myself Mm -hmm. because if and when a day comes that my son says, I am ready to meet you, I have to be able to get on a plane, train, boat to get to wherever he is. Mm -hmm. And if I stay in this space where I was at 17, Mm -hmm. I am doing this decision a disservice. Right. Right. So I went on and I I got my undergrad degree. I went on to get a master's degree. Thank you. I currently work in the nonprofit sector. I am an adult educator. I teach soft skills, communication skills, things that no matter what job you do, Mm -hmm. you need to have. I, I love what I do. I love being able to give back to my community. I just, I love serving others. It is a blessing to my life to be able to give to others. Right. I'm a storyteller. I stand on stages in front of hundreds or thousands of people okay. and, and I tell stories, you know, on uh, about my life. Mm-hmm. I've written and published a children's book. I've been Great. published in Chicken Soup for the Soul. Like I, I'm trying to make the best life that I can to make him proud, honestly. Yes. Yes. You know, and I'm glad you say that the best life that you can, some of the listeners know that I lost a brother recently and I spoke, made some comments, reflections at the, at the service. And I said, make your dash count. Mm. You've got a birth. You've got your sunrise, which is your birthday. And you got your sunset, the day that you die. It's that dash in between. Whatever you've been, wherever you've gone, is make it the very best. And whether we, we, we were involved with adoption or whatever else, that's our, to me, that's our place and our purpose in life. And, and I bring that up and I'm so glad that you shared about all the vibrant things you're doing from storytelling you that your education, whatever, and being ready at any time, because that's up to me, the piece of knowing, because I was ready. I was ready. Let him come. Let him come. You know, because I was sending letters to the Department of Social Services, giving medical information at any time. If he had searched himself, he would have been able to find me. But I was a constant thing back 40 years ago. It wasn't even an internet. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't. I mean, to the point of just trying to find if you grew up in this area where there's a yearbook for the high school. And it wasn't until social media, which was like 2015, that I did see a picture of him on. I knew it was him. I knew it wow. was him. I knew it was. And I, I was so bold enough to say he can cuss me out. He can say crazy lady, all that. <laughs> but I was going to say, hey, I'm looking for my son and I think it's you. And it was like, I'm not sure what you're saying. Well, uh, well, if you want to talk about it, you know, here's my email and my phone number. It yeah. was nearly three years from the time I sent that message to he responded back and said, hi. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. Hi. It was like, wow. When I was online, when I saw it, I nearly fell off my chair and said, Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You know, and it was like really to hold, to show you the the complexity of adoption. His response was, am I willing to talk to you? Am I? (laughs) You just don't know. Because understanding, you have to understand where where adoptees are coming from too. Because when I reached out to him and he wasn't ready, that one of his thoughts was, well, maybe she's not ready to meet me now. You know, and that's where, and I say this, I said it before earlier today, that how birth moms get yourself ready, do your work, get your therapy, do your, get your support groups and all that. We need to be ready just as you're ready right now, Courtney, any time or day, whenever your son reaches out, we have to do that. And unless you in that, that the constellation of understanding, that's adoptee, uh, birth mom and adoptive moms or whatever mm-hmm. of understanding. I like the fact you said you have conversations with the adoptive mom. Tell me about that. And I really love that you mentioned about getting ready. You know, so many people are like, well, aren't you upset that he hasn't chosen to meet you yet? Well, no, no, it's his yeah. choice. Thank I yeah. made a choice about him when he yeah. was in my womb. Mm-hmm. He's an adult. Don't. What do you mean? It's his life. So I love that you said that. But yeah, it took it took a while to get to this space with his mom. But I'm so grateful. Basically, on his 18th birthday, Mm -hmm. she called me and we we spoke for hours. And she's like, now that he's 18, I I want our relationship to change the relationship between she and I. And I'm I'm so grateful to her. It's so crazy because. There's so much gratitude between the two of us because she's always so grateful to me uh-huh. for my sacrifice. And I'm grateful that she took care of, of our child. The first time she yes. said to me, the first time she said to me something, 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 our son, yes. I burst into tears yes. Yes. because she I love included it. me. Yes. She yes. included me. And yes. that. Because I think, I don't think people realize the adoptive parents have so much control mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. for birth moms, it's, it's intimidating. It's terrifying. It's, mm-hmm. I don't want to step over this line. I don't want to make mm-hmm. them angry because mm-hmm. then they have the control. Mm-hmm. And so to know that birth, the adoptive parents also have that fear towards birth moms and for her to be like, I don't care about this fear. Mm-hmm. This is our son. You exactly. are his birth mom. I'm his adoptive mom, but he is our son. Mm-hmm. That completely changed our relationship. Right. And I'm forever right. grateful. I'm so glad that, that his adoptive mom has that perspective mm-hmm. because reality is true. Mm-hmm. It's our son. Yeah. We gave our children life. They are adoptive families teaching them how to live life. That's how mm-hmm. I put it. Yeah. It's nature versus nurture. Without nature, you don't have nurture. Without nurture, you don't have a person getting, giving directions or being given direction. It takes both. It and does. it's the reality of all sides, understanding we can't do without each other. That's why I, it overwhelms me when I hear that you have this conversation and relationship with the adoptive mom and her saying that the, you, your two relationship is going to change now that now he's an adult okay. with that because it, 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 it's, it's, it's a process. It's always evolving and you don't know what's going to be the situation. But I, I will say 
that I truly believe, this is my belief, how that adoptive family brings that child into the home and understanding that they, they are newborn. They may be 10 days old, three days old, two days old or whatever, but they got a history. They have yes. a history of that nine months that they're in their mommy's womb. That itself engages all the things you do. You're building nuclear acids. You're building amino. You're building all of that. And one prevailing thing, I say this, and I so truly believe it, that when I met my son after 45 years, when we embraced that first time Mm -hmm. and our hearts, hearts were together, it was like I was, we were, it was like he was reconnecting to me. And he's taller than I am. And I could hear him exhale in my ear. Exhale in like I'm home. I mean, that's how I felt. That's how I felt. Because I truly believe that our body is so complex and so amazing that allows it when you say sensory nerves and so forth. And then to see the similarities with of of how you can really grow someone and they pick up this and they pick up that. Not only physically. But our personalities, a big part of what we're learning together about each other is learning each other. Right. And seeing, okay, I like this, I like this, or whatever. So many similarities. You can't see now, but I'm I'm moving my hands. I've been on Zooms with him. His hands is all over the place. I was like, oh my <laughs> goodness. You know, that's the amazing thing of yeah. birth that they pass on with that. And so I, I admire you, number one, for you having the reality of saying you made your decision and it's now become his decision to decide. Right. And it does because I, I, I take a, pers- a perspective with my son and building a relationship. Well, it's not like it's not rigid. Well, let's talk the first Sunday of each month and whatever. It's like we free flow, free flow whenever with it. It's okay. Because I'm, I'm secure with the fact that whatever decision he makes, he's my son, whether he won't speak to me ever again or not. Right. Exactly. That's not going to change. Mm-hmm. None of that is going to change. And when we, when we become settled with that and realize, too, that it takes that, I like to say, the confidence to know without that anxiousness of, of saying, well, if I, I can't do this because they may leave me for this and so forth. That's a lot of pressure you put on yourself. Right. And you don't give yourself that peace, that peace of mind to grow within that peace of mind. Because when you have that peace, that's when people feel, I truly believe they feel like they can, hey, uh, I, I may want to talk to this person because they're not pressuring me. And they believe in me mm-hmm. and they're there for me. And we can say that about just relationships in general, if you think about it. That's true. Take the, take the adoption out of it and just think about relationship. What's your true best relationship is someone who can be, you can be transparent with and you can be uh, intimate with and share your, your, your best and your worst and still love each other mm. and still love each other. So your storytelling, tell me more about your storytelling, your children's book. Oh, goodness. So storytelling, it became, I fell into it by accident. Okay. There is an organization called The Moth, M-O-T-H. Okay. And it's an organization where they have live shows, where people get on stage, tell a story. They have a podcast. They're on NPR. Mm -hmm. Anywho, I lived in Virginia and I stumbled upon the podcast. 
listen to the entire, every episode that was in the podcast I listened to. It's, you don't know if you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you're going to cheer. And when I moved back to Atlanta, I was looking for events to go to and I stumbled upon a Facebook post about the moth. And I knew that they did live shows, but it just didn't click in my mind. Oh my God, they do it in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So I went to a show the next month. It was amazing. And I've been going every month since. Okay. Every time I went to the show, strangers would come up to me. Are you telling a story? Are you telling a story? And I'm like, absolutely. No. What do you mean? Why would I tell a story? (laughs) You know, not only am I an introvert, but I'm also shy. Absolutely not. And a few months pass and I'm volunteering at this point for the show. And I'm telling somebody that's coming to the show for the first time what it's about. And the person says to me, hey, what's the theme for the night? Because every month there's a theme. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I look at one of my fellow volunteers and they're like, oh, the theme is love hurts. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So... The show is 10 storytellers. You put your name in a hat, they pull out 10. So they pull out five. They do the first half. There's an intermission. They do five more. At intermission, the host is like, there's 21 names in the hat. It's the most names we've ever had in the hat. So, you know, we're going to do intermission and then we'll pull five more. In my mind, I was like, well, if there's 21 names, there's no way they're going to pick me. So I'm going (laughs) to practice putting my name in and that'll be practice for maybe one day when I get up the nerve to do it. Mm-hmm. So we come back from intermission. They call number six, they call number seven and then number eight is called and they call my name. Mm. Literally from the moment I stood up till I got on the stage, I'm like, what story am I going to tell? How am I going to tell? Cause I, it, it, anywho, fast forward, I told the story of my, my journey with adoption. I got a standing ovation and I won. Wow. And that it was, was that was start. not a mistake. You know that. No, I know it was okay. not a mistake. Okay. I know okay. that it was, it was my destiny. Yes. Yes. It was absolutely my destiny. And from then I've gone on to win more storytelling competitions. Mm-hmm. I ended up writing a children's book all about worthiness. Okay. Um, and I, I've realized that this is one of my passions in life is to tell stories, connect with people on an emotional level and share the knowledge of inherent worth with the world. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if people knew their worth, they mm-hmm. would make so much better decisions for their life. Mm-hmm. You know, I chose to have sex with people as a teenager because I didn't know my worth. Mm-hmm. You know, I chose to be in relationships with people that weren't good for me mm-hmm. due to my not knowing my worth. And I know that there are so many stories out there of people that didn't make the best decisions because right. they didn't know their worth. Right. And so I figure if I share the knowledge of inherent worth with the world, starting with kids, mm-hmm that the trajectory of their lives will change for the better the earlier that they know their work. You're teaching learning. Those are learning lessons. When you Mm -hmm. mentioned for us children, starting with the children, Mm -hmm. I think it was, and and really, quite frankly, this popped in my head. There's an analogy between children being bullied, bullies, uh, being bullied in school versus birth moms acknowledging I'm pregnant and not married. Mm. Think about it. 
because immediately, for me, it was in '73. It's like you can't talk about it, but she's pregnant, right? And anytime that anyone has to whisper about it, that's that shame, mm. and they put that guilt on you, or try to put the guilt on you. But again, as you say, in worthiness, because that that was what kept me through to work through and be the person I am now because not only was it not support for me, for my family, emotional and so forth, but it was me refraining from owning what my name, my name is not shame. My right. name is not guilt. I am worthy. Right. And, but until you realize that, that's where the, the, the words will just imbibe you and just overcome you for years. Part of the, the, the Facebook we had today, and I, I've been on so many different things. I don't know which one it was, <laughs> but, but, but it's like the question. And I think we addressed it the last time on the Facebook that I would get letters from adoptees and birth moms on both sides from the podcast is moms wanting to know why the children don't want to meet, meet them or, mm-hmm. Uh, adoptees knowing what, why their mother doesn't want to meet them. And I, spe- I, I said, I can't speak specifically for your mother, but I can say if there's a birth mom, when their child finds them, that they don't want to meet with them, it's because that mother is so ingrained, so deep in that grief, trauma, and all of that, she's incapable of dealing with that now. Mm-hmm. And I say now, but what it takes is that mom to do her work Yes. Get her therapy, support groups, whatever, whatever it takes, because that was my attitude. I didn't know how it would work out, but I knew I needed to do what I needed to do to be the very best person, just as you're talking about, Courtney. Yes. So I emphasize that because that is so, so important. So many times that I hear people comment of listening to the lessons. And so I'll ask you not only what you're doing, because you just shared for us what you're doing, but how would you encourage other birth moms to do their work, therapy or whatever it is, to be able to be there for that child that you, at that time, you were not. So part of it is forgiveness of yourself. Right. Forgive yourself. You weren't able to be there for whatever the circumstances. And there are many different circumstances. Could be something that was completely out of your control. Could have been an attack. It could be whatever. But I, you forgive yourself that I wasn't able to be there then, but I will be there. And that's, I mean, honestly, that is the biggest thing. It is forgiving yourself and saying, you know what? I did the best that I could. I'm not going to put shame on myself. I'm not going to allow others to put shame on me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work at being the best I can be emotionally, spiritually, yes. and yes. physically. Because when you feel good about yourself, it changes mm-hmm. your entire outlook mm-hmm. on the Absolutely. world. Absolutely. Knowing that you're striving for better. Yes. Knowing that you want to be the best you for yourself, mm-hmm. not necessarily for anybody else, right. but for yourself. Right. And right. all that will radiate outwards. Mm-hmm. It and will. then you'll be better for, you know, your parents, you'll be better for your mm-hmm. siblings, you'll be better for your kids. Because mm-hmm. many birth moms either have kids that they've parented before adoption yes. or yes. have kids that they've parented after, after adoption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you're holding on to that shame, if you're holding on to that grief, you can't be good for yourself, let right. alone your family. Right, right. And so it's imperative to do the work 
to mm-hmm. heal. Mm-hmm. It's it's imperative. And so just allowing yourself grace mm-hmm. is very important. Right. Right. Stop beating up on yourself, right? Yes. That's that's <laughs> bottom line. That is bottom line yes. because and, and give yourself a break. You know, I was mm-hmm. sharing with um Courtney before with all the things I've been going through. I get and I give myself self care. But I've had mm-hmm. to I've had to give myself more self care because of the situations I've been going through, and it's life. It's it life. It's not anybody after me or whatever. But that's just what it is. And I I, I use those those comments or, or that that position is that with birth moms and adoptees and adoptive moms, it takes all three. Because having a home, and I'm so grateful that you've got that relationship with the adoptive mom, having a home where the parents want the child to have the very best, make it open to them. Because a lot of adoptees are not given all the information. One of the comments one of the adoptees said on the Facebook today was they want transparency. Tell us everything. We know it may be hurtful for you. But we want to know because that's our information too. And it is. And it is. So it's being able to respect other people, the other people in the triad situation and be honest enough to say the tough things, even though we may not want to, but to grow, to truly grow, we have to stretch to how do you get a diamond? Pressure, pressure, pressure. So you have to continue to withstand the pressure. A lot of times people think, well, I can't do it. Yes, you can. Yes, yes. you can. Keep telling yourself you can. It's only one day at a time. One day. Exactly. Don't try to look ahead a week. It's one. Sometimes it's one hour, one minute, one second. Right. You can do it. And you're building yourself up consistently, consistently that you become, and I use the word powerhouse because I one session I did last night, the power of a birth mom. The power of an adoptee, mm. the power of an adoptive mom. You put all those together, we will rule the world. That's my favorite cartoon, Pinky in the Brain. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it's like, really, so I'm going off now. But anyway, but but really, it comes down to that. So if you hear in my voice and everything I say is that empowerment of self, no matter who I'm talking to, whether it's an adoptee, birth mom, or adoptive mom, that's true. Because when we all become empowered, that's when we really can, we can make it. It discourages me. And I'd like to get your opinion too, Courtney, about it. We talked about a hot topic about, to me, and when you say birth support groups and, and retreats, when, you, when, you, when you're working on something, the goal is to get through it and grow. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of birth moms who are woe is me and, and that's fine. You got to wallow when you can, but you got to have a plan to get out of that. Correct. So what's, what's your statements you will say to birth moms? We talk about doing your work or whatever, but when they're in the midst of that, and I'll say this statement and let you, let you comment, you got to be very aware of your environment and who's around you mm-hmm. and stay around positive people, stay around positive people. But if, if, if everybody in your group and everybody you know is what was me, that's a problem. It is. It that is. is a problem. And the thing is, this and this goes for literally everybody that exists in this moment. Mm-hmm. You have made it through every difficult yeah. day in your life. Yeah. You're going to make it through this too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you remain in that negative space, 
there's nothing good in remaining in a negative space. Right. You right. know, right. bad things happen to people. Great mm-hmm. things happen to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you've got to change that negative mentality into a positive thing. You know, yeah, oh, okay, it's gray today, but it's not going to be gray every day. Mm-hmm. What about those other days when it was sunny and bright mm-hmm. and beautiful? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to focus on getting to that next goal, yes. getting to that next positive thing in your life. Like you said, sometimes it's focusing on the next day, the next mm-hmm. hour, the next minute, mm-hmm. but you're not going to be in this negative space forever. Right. And right. just remember, you know, I can do this. I can make it through this. If I need a moment to cry, go ahead right. and cry. Right. Right. But don't stay in that moment. Uh-huh. Do something that brings you joy. Mm-hmm. For me, it's ice cream. Ice okay. cream is my favorite food group. <laughs> okay. If I'm having a rough day, I'm going to go get some ice cream. Okay. For others, maybe it's journaling or yes. coloring in a coloring book. Yeah. But find something that will bring you joy mm-hmm. and do that thing. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I was outdoor. My community that I live in has an outdoor, was an atrium. And I was sitting outside in a rocking chair, kind of chilly. Mm-hmm. But it was this morning around seven o'clock. Nice. When you put me outside, just I'm here to birds and whatever, more so if I can around water. So I wasn't around water, but along with that. And that was soothing of my soul. That was the soothing of my soul. And I'll say this to all the birth mothers out there listening. You've done some hard work. Recognize what you've been through. And just as Courtney said, you survived. You are still here. Tell yourself that sometimes. Reach back and pat your cell phone. Reach back and say, I am worthy. Just as Courtney has explained before, she's worthy and she's realizing that and she's realizing her worthiness about all the things that are coming before her. Yes. Make your dash count. Make it count. Any last words, Courtney, before we end up? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to treat the audience the way I treat my students. Okay. And I am going to end it with this. I love you. And you are worthy. Wow. I like that. I like that. <laughs> that is so true because, and, and, and this is something I do myself and I, and when some of the, the training that I do, write a love letter to yourself. Mm, yes. Write a love letter to yourself as often as you can mm-hmm. because, and I say because we're not in control of what happens to us but we are in control on how we react to it. Mm. That's all in your hands, all in your hands. Thank you so much, Courtney, for having, you've shared so much. And I I like the fact of your storytelling, your worthiness and so forth. And it's been such a joy for so many birth moms that come on and sharing their story. And people in the comments and emails are are, are here is saying they got so much from this episode and that episode and your story needed to be told. So thank you so much for being a guest and you'll be tuning in soon to Courtney's episode. My name is Yvonne Rivers. I'm the host of Birth Moms Real Talk. Thank you for listening in. Go on, listen to our podcast, download it, review it, pass it on to others, comments. That helps us to grow. If you want to support and you want even a closer support, we have a closed uh, Facebook 
and go and zoom we do each month that we cover different books we actually are reading primal womb now and that's real deep <laughs> that's real deep whatever and it's the whole thing it put brings you closer to having a village and not just being on a, on a support group once a month so really uh, send us an email at info at birth moms real talk Go on our website at uh, www.birthmomsrealtalk if you like to share your story. And I'll tell you, Courtney, I'm getting probably two or three each day. These women wow. are coming out, the, I don't know, springtime or what, but it's like they're ready to share. Now, not everyone's ready to share. I understand that. Those of you who are not ready to share on the podcast, then get involved with the village. You still can share, but it's that private, you know, because we have to understand and recognize and respect each other's privacy that they really want to keep with that. So thanks for tuning in and you've been listening to Yvonne Rivers. We will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening into Birth Moms Real Talk, where birth mothers share their journeys and we have an open and honest conversation about adoption. If you would like to share your story or you have any comments, you can reach us at birthmomsrealtalk.com or email us at Yvonne at birthmomsrealtalk.com. If you like what you heard, we would appreciate your support on Patreon as a supporter. Find out more on our website. Tune in next time. See you then. Bye.